0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Take our ears and hear through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you, our Lord and our Redeemer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. It's Super Dual Sunday. But first, I want to tune in to the words from Mark. The disciples said, Everyone is searching for you. And Jesus answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. Last week, Father Justin gave us a homework assignment to study Psalm 111. Did we do it? don't have to answer <laughs> did we get something out of reading and rereading that's just a follow-up to let you know at least I did four out of seven days <laughs> but it gives us a glorious message the psalm and also study and restudying and gives us more in-depth con- uh, you know understanding of what the message was In today's gospel, Jesus is telling his disciples that he came here to proclaim the message of God. The message of God is throughout the Old and New Testament in the Bible, in the scriptures, in the Psalms, in the gospels. We just have to take time, pay attention, and study. And so, just what is the message of Jesus sharing with all who would listen? As I was driving home from church last Sunday, I heard these words on the radio. Our society today looks to the measure of success as to whether we have financial resources, material things, house, car, clothes, whatever, what type of job we have and how influential we are. But for God, all that God asks of us is faithfulness. He measures our success not in materialistic measures, but in how we treat each other, how we love our neighbors, how we study the Bible, and how we learn about God. The basics of Jesus' teaching are profound, yet simple enough for a young child to understand. They're spiritual, yet relevant to everyday life. Basically, Jesus taught that he was the fulfillment of messianic prophecy, that God requires more than external obedience to rules, that salvation comes to those who believe in Christ, and that judgment is coming to both the unbelieving and the unrepentant. The overriding theme in the Gospel of Mark is that Jesus came to serve, He gave His life in service to mankind. He lived out his message through service to others. Therefore, even today, we can follow his actions and learn by his examples. The ultimate purpose of the Gospel of Mark is to reveal Jesus' call to personal fellowship through daily discipleship. Jesus brings revelation in his character, in his ministry, and in his mission. He shows us who God is. Jesus always realized the unity of life, that things are related. Jesus didn't separate the sacred from the secular, and we must not separate home from church, nor work from worship, nor private life from public life. The value of religion not lies in its contrast with daily life, but it's in communion with daily life. Jesus revealed man's four needs— the need of soul, the need of body, fellowship with God, and fellowship with humanity. Christ came to save people from all walks of life, and so when he told his disciples it was time to go, his intent was to proclaim this message throughout the lands, for that is what he came to do. Mark's gospel points out, number one, who Jesus is, and number two, What he does is of supreme importance. Jesus is the foundation for eternal life and the only way in right relationship with the Father. Jesus said that sin separates people from God, but that sin is forgivable and that people should forgive others. Past sins play a part in our ability to receive forgiveness. And Jesus encouraged his disciples and followers to forgive others in the same way that he forgave them. And so Jesus' marvelous ministry began. More and more people from Israel came to know God, manifest in human form through Jesus. They heard his teaching and witnessed his acts of compassion. Some of them even walked with Jesus to the cross. After three days, a few of the disciples really began to understand what it seemed like the end was really another beginning. God would continue to be revealed in the work that they did. An example Zacchaeus, who was a rich tax collector who was undoubtedly despised by everyone in the, his hometown, but Jesus spent time with him. Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house. The reason? Zacchaeus had trusted in Jesus, demonstrated by the fact that he repented for his past sins and pledged himself to a life of charity. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus said to his crucial observers, He didn't care who that lost person was, whether they were rich or poor, male or female, beggar or king. Everyone needed salvation and to be born again. Jesus also taught the way to God is by faith, not necessarily only through good deeds. He praised faith and challenged those who relied on their works. Do you remember the young ruler who once asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responded with a question. Why do you call me good? No one is good except for God the Father. Christ wasn't denying his deity or his own goodness, but he knew this young man didn't recognize him as the Messiah. In his question, Jesus was pointing out that whatever this man thought made someone good was false because no one can do anything to make himself good enough to inherit eternal life. The Jewish rulers at the time of Christ shared the young ruler's perspective. Teaching that keeping the law of God could make one acceptable before God. Jesus was a message of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. The scribes and Pharisees' message was of judgment and condemnation. Jesus was a message of tolerance and inclusiveness. The scribes and Pharisees' message was one of intolerance and exclusiveness. Jesus' message was so radically different that he wanted to kill him over it. There's scores of people still today who mistakenly think that their good life and their good deeds will be enough to get them into heaven. Then we remember when Jesus told this young, rich young man he must give up all that he had, all his wealth, and follow him. Jesus said that not because charity makes one righteous, but because he knew that that young man's God was his money. The young man only thought he was keeping the law, but greed was his undoing. He turned away from Jesus in sadness because he had great possessions that he didn't want to give up. Christ taught that he alone is the source of eternal life. If someone wants to inherit eternal life, he must follow Follow and worship Christ alone. At the core of Jesus' teaching is the good news of the coming of the kingdom of God. The kingdom's mentioned over fifty times in the gospel, and many of Jesus' parables were about the kingdom. Jesus sent said he was sent for the purpose of preaching about the coming of the kingdom. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God had begun on earth with his ministry. And the proof is evident in fulfillment of the prophecy. The blind were made to see, the dead were raised, and sins were forgiven. But Jesus also taught that there's an aspect of the kingdom yet to come. The kingdom is growing and someday will be visibly present. In the Lord's Prayer, Christ taught us to pray for God's kingdom to come. Christ taught his followers to remember their calling. They are instruments, and we are instruments of God's grace as we share the good news of Christ's coming. We today are his followers, and we too need to share that good news of Christ and his coming again in the future. The more people that become subjects of King Jesus, the more kingdom his kingdom is visible to the world. So what then is the global message of Mark's gospel today? Clearly the kingdom of God has come to Jesus' word and deed. Clearly Jesus calls all who believe in him and call him Lord to proclaim the gospel of God and to demonstrate the fruit of the gospel in all life. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Father Justin talked about this last week. If Christ is the Lord of life, he must be the Lord of all the life. The first and great commandment, Jesus said, is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's not a matter of either or. If we truly love the Lord with all our heart, we love our neighbor as ourselves. They go hand in hand. Thus, the grave questions that face the global church are, not, are at the heart of our calling as Christians. Not only to, to bring the gospel to every corner of the earth, but also to care for the orphans and the widows. To uphold the dignity of every individual. To defend the sanctity of every life to feed the hungry, to relieve poverty, to work for justice and care for the creation that God has entrusted to us. These are the messages that Jesus set out to proclaim to all the people as that what it was his role on earth to do. We do these things because Christ is Lord of all, but we also do them knowing that we can do nothing in our own strength. We need God. So we look to Christ as our strength and our salvation. We trust in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins and for our redemption. And we look to the day when he will come again with great power and glory to gather his own from the four winds from the ends of the earth to establish his eternal kingdom. Good Shepherd we reach out our hands to you. Take them gently and lead us along the pathway you show us that we may be your humble servants to the glory of your kingdom. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.